Hey sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think, outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back, show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine, even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match my- Is that my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces, outstanding prices. Hi there, we're going to try this again. This is Jim the Keys, bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Um, it is March 27th, Friday, uh, quarter after eight. I know I'm a couple minutes late. I apologize. Uh, we had a little uh, difficulty doing our podcast. Uh, right now, uh, I'm sure everyone in the um, well, everyone in the world, this is one thing that's really unique right now. Everyone's going through the same thing right now. So if you're listening, thank you. Um, obviously, if you're not listening, you're not even going to see or hear that. But if you have any questions, we are available. If you go to Spreaker, if you're listening live, and you can uh, go, there's a chat app if you can figure out how to do that. Uh, right now, the keys are closed for business to vacationers uh, and uh, it's uh, the Monroe County Sheriff's Department set up roadblocks at mile marker 112.5, which is the Miami-Dade line uh, and uh, Monroe County line. And there's a marina there, and they have a turnaround there. So they've been turning uh, cars around that don't have uh, legitimate business, they can, you know, people that are sightseeing and things like that. And I guess it's, uh, they're doing it on 905. That's the alternate en entrance at comes down 905 it splits off to the left if you're heading down to the keys and goes down um, uh, down here uh, near uh, ocean reef in the far north of uh, the keys and then heads down a uh, route 905 and they'll have a blockade there so if you don't have a monroe county residency sticker a lot of people still have them left over from irma uh, a license that has a Monroe County address or a um, utility bill that has it or you have legitimate business down here you'll be turned around by Monroe County Sheriff's Department uh, the feeling is over the last couple months is that there were a lot of people coming down here from different places uh, the um, I have noticed though that as of today there were still flights coming into Key West from different parts of the country so that isn't necessarily uh, being curtailed, but uh, they're they're you know like any place else they're just trying to curtail people from getting, um, you know, to, to maintain social distancing, uh, do a kind of a quarantine together, keep people uh, from and newly infected, give it a little uh, breather there. So it's March twenty seventh. We're about almost. A week into uh, springtime um, where it feels like summer here in the Keys it's in the mid 80s in the daytime it's sunny um, you look up in the sky you don't see any contrail from uh, flights uh, heading out of Miami going to South America Mexico and all places like that and um, you look on the highway and it looks like 
our slow season in September. And there's uh, very few people outside of their houses. Uh, we, um, I'm going to go in a little deeper about what we're doing in our time since we uh, got, uh, last Friday was my last day of work at the restaurant. There was a, uh, a lot of people in the local restaurants down here. They thought they were going to make a go of it, having um, to-go orders, take out, maybe run a little delivery. Uh, but, uh, you know, the uh, Monroe County, <coughs> sorry, Monroe County is about 60% service industry, either uh, people working in service industry or the, um, uh, you know, the industries that supply them and feed off the uh, tourist. So when that <coughs> well goes dry, there's uh, little uh, extra money out there for people to dine out. So the first, <coughs> the first week we had here since, I think it started on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday of last week, the uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th, and I'm as sure other people in the country have noticed there was a run on toilet paper and pasta and things like that. And uh, it was uh, actually started on Sunday or, or Saturday. And uh, a lot of people had the feeling that uh, people were running down here from Miami and the mainland and uh, raiding our stores for supplies, which, I mean, that's what you do if there's a short supply. <coughs> you go where it needs to go. I'm sorry. I have bad seasonal allergies. I always have a lot of phlegm when that happens, but I am drinking coffee now. I'm, I'm doing well. And it sounds, it sounds like as in I'm uh, sick, but I am not. And we've been having, um, since uh, we were talking about the uh, restaurants closing, that uh, my restaurant uh, shut down on Thursday early at 7 o'clock. And then we opened up on Friday just to do takeout orders. And we had maybe nine orders that day. And I guess the owners, and as they should have, should have realized that they did, that um, that wasn't going to be enough volume to maintain uh, a viable business uh, for the short term right now. So they decided to close down, as well as a lot of other restaurants, uh, I think, from what I think they're doing is trying to run down their stores so uh, they don't have, uh, they're not sitting with a lot of stock, perishable stock on hand. And what the owners of the restaurant I had, they turned over a lot of their stock to the workers there and donated as much as they can. So it's slowly, we got more restaurants closing down. We still have the, um, we still have our local stores open. The government buildings are uh, shutting down. They're, they're uh, practicing social distancing. All the, uh, most of all the uh, churches, and uh, you'll, you'll see obviously the supermarkets are open and the convenience stores. And you see it's just a beautiful weather down here, but there's no tourists. And this is this time of year. You see tons of boats out. You see people going out on boats because there's people that have boats here. But you go down the street, so, uh, we, uh, my, my family, we realized that you know, we're not, we're not going to do so well just being holed up here. So we had to go out and do things. And besides being on, going on the water 
and doing those things, we know we needed a little exercise. So what I did is I went to a local um, secondhand bike store at a U-Haul uh, place north of me on mile marker. I guess it's right to your Adams Cut in Key Largo. There's a place called Jack's Bikes. And uh, he sells secondhand bikes. And I went up there and I always purchase my bikes there. I don't buy brand new bikes because, um, you know, I, if I get them stolen, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about, worry about my property and stuff like that. So what I do is get these bikes that just get me around. So I bought a bike for 90 bucks when it was, we call them almost like a keys cruiser bike. Uh, when it's shore cruises with the handlebars, a black bike, it has the fenders. So when it rains or we get into the rainy season, that the water's not splashing up my crotch and all that stuff. And it get, you know, big enough to handle me. So for the last six days, we've been, my wife, daughter and I, we've been riding, I think today we went about 20 miles out there and uh, we've been playing tennis, doing some jogging and things like that and do a lot of cooking from home so uh we've we've spent a lot of time together uh as about as much time as we spend together when we're on vacation but uh we've been um, actually practicing doing little different things that during vacation sometimes we would get into uh, little arguments and things like that but it's not so much now i guess because uh this uh pandemic has put our relationship in perspective in, in a nice way so uh, we've been Abby and I've been riding up bikes and, and sky and we go and explore the neighborhoods and being such a small town almost every time we go out there we see 15 even though there may only see like 30 40 people I know about 20 of them uh, by name and almost everyone I saw today uh, it was, uh, it, you know, it was on a first name basis. I saw Howard, one of our regulars, you may have he heard about Howard, um, this guy named JD, uh, another regular who was working on bike path. I had an interesting story about that. We're coming down the bike path and, uh, and, uh, the, the keys, there's one major highway. It's, uh, overseas highway and they have a really nice bike path uh, up in the upper keys and it's separate from the road. And we're riding down, just taking our, you know, casual time heading south, heading back to our house after, let's say it's mile 14 of that 16 mile ride. And uh, we're near our elementary school across the street from it. And there's a pickup truck on the bike path and it's a construction truck and it's backing to down towards us and it's about a hundred yards away and we notice that and then he puts his hands up and as we get closer he says you know get away from this area there's a swarm of bees and <laughs> he was right we we had to veer out like a we veered out like a hundred feet from the bike path and we just seen it, it was thousands of bees so there it's a construction site and they must have tore up a hive uh, there and he got the bees all excited but as we're pulling out to go uh, uh, south, there's a guy heading north, and he's on his cell phone. A guy, you know, a couple years younger than me, he's on his bike just pedaling around, and we're yelling. We're going, we're trying to get his attention. The guy on the pickup truck 
and my wife and I were yelling, saying, slow down, slow down. And he bikes right through the middle of the swarm of bees. And you know what? Nothing happens, you know. And we're, we're like 100 feet away, and there's like five bees following me. I'm sure they're out to get me and shit like that. But um, the, here's that, you know, small thing. We're, we were practicing our social distancing from our, um, our uh, wildlife, which is bees, and uh, they almost got the better of us. So we, uh, that's one of the things we've seen. We see a lot of other things. We've noticed that there's a lot of places, um, must be vacation rentals. There's people that are only here. Um, they're vacation homes, people from the mainland and decide to make it uh, their, uh, they, they just come down here on the weekend. So some of those people aren't coming down. So you see almost half the properties are vacated. Some of them are on the market. So they're currently not occupied. So it is, it is like a ghost town. You could, we could go a mile and not see somebody. But uh, we did see some strange things. We're coming back and uh, we were at our far north of our trip today and we're going down one of these side neighborhoods and we hear a young child yelling and there's a uh, chubby Asian toddler in his underwear holding on to a chain link fence yelling at us and he was chubby he was he looked like he was like 60 pounds but he was like yeah he's one of those babies from believe it or not uh you know he, you could have wrapped him up and put him on, on a cover of a valentine's day card and he certainly uh would uh look festive so uh there's some some of the things that have changed down here obviously there's you know, all the bars are closed, just like in the places, uh, in many of our listeners' places, I'm sure. And um, if they aren't, maybe you should think about it, because the way to nip this in the bud is to um, catch it before it's spread. Because what happens once you get in contact, you may not see the, um, you not manifest any of the symptoms and once you start manifesting, you know, it, I'll tell you, if it was, if people knew me and stuff like that, they, they would have thought I had it for the last four months. What happens with me is when I'm outside a lot, this coral dust, because the keys are coral islands, right? Coral reefs. And um, a lot of the pay, uh, a lot of the yards and stuff like that are made of pulverized coral rock. And it's just coral dust all over the place. And coral is, was formerly a living creature, so that coral is, is, is protein. And protein is some of the worst things in the world for allergies, just like you have hay fevers and things like that. So coral just really gets me when I'm riding out there and it's when I finally get in the house and stuff like that. That's when I manifest these things. So it would seem if you, except for the headache and all those things. It always seems like uh, after I'm running or something like that, I always get this horrible congestion. And I guess people would stay like 50 feet away from me. And uh, they, in the bar business, they always just people. They, I guess, I guess my the people that come into my place really don't really care that much because they all they must think I either have a horrible cocaine habit because I'm always sniffing or something like that. But 
that's neither here nor there right now. We got bigger fish to fry with this coronavirus. So, um, just about five days, short, uh, another short story. Uh, the last couple of days we were buttoning up after we closed the restaurant. Uh, a couple of us practicing good social distancing at work, the place I worked, the Catch Restaurant in Key Largo. Um, we decided it'd be a good time to paint, get everything ready, get everything shut down, empty everything out, clean out the uh, walk-ins, uh, do a good inventory, uh, take care of things that needed to be done that we can't do when the place is open seven days a week, and decided to give it a good once-over with paint and get ready for when we reopen, which is whenever, you know, there's going to be a debate on when they should open. Do we start opening when you think it's been long enough? Or do you have to wait for actually see uh, results? So that's, uh, that's a debate for health professionals. Health professionals, not for people like uh, Joe Schmo, uh, who everybody considers my, you know, it's be good for business to reopen. Yes, of course it'd be good for business. I don't make a lot of money uh, not working. And after we were done, doing the paint job at the restaurant, uh, I decided to hit some of the local businesses I thought were looking for workers. And uh, I was kind of torn between going to the local supermarket because then, you know, you're applying for a job and saying, listen, I'm only going to take this job until um, my job comes back and then I'm going to quit. So that would be kind of disingenuous, but I think I might be doing that, but who knows. But when I did go, it was a local pizza places, and I went to one that had two, not one, but two help wanted signs. Two help wanted signs. Right on their, uh, one of their side doors and their front door, right as you go in. So I, after we were done painting, I got cleaned up a little, and I drove down there. And I walked in, and I, uh, there was this woman who I assumed was either the manager or the owner. And I go in there and say, hey, I notice you... Uh, uh, are you are you looking for a driver? Because I imagine you're not you don't need someone. We're not looking for a pizza, someone to make pizzas because you just put it on your front door. You're looking for help wanted, and you don't need any waiters or anything like that. I thought maybe they need more drivers. And she goes, Oh no, not with this situation or anything like that. And then I go, Well, well you got two help wanted signs out front. She goes, Wow, I forgot that I had them out there. Now, these signs were out there. Now, just follow my reasoning. These signs were out here six days. And this is on a pizza place on Route 1. And I asked the woman, I said, well, how many people asked about a job? And she goes, uh, you're the first one. And I said, you mean in five days you didn't, or six days you didn't realize that you had those signs? No, I forgot about those. So I'm thinking, holy crap, either... Um, there's, there's multiple things in there. Either people, I, I hope they weren't, people weren't, didn't take any initiative and decided when they were out of work, they were just going to not work. Or number two, they were so um, stigmatized by the idea that they were going to come in contact with other people by doing delivery. And uh, that's, I always hope most people are like that and say, oh no, I don't want to take money and, and get a chance to infect my loved ones which is the more magnanimous one I hope there is, or uh, number three, uh, just it's so dead that no one actually walked in 
to order a pizza there. And this is on Route 1, the main highway in the Keys. But that, it was funny, six days later, and um, that was, that was, uh, a, a, I was the first one to come in there. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn, I'm just saying, that was unusual. So some of the, uh, the new things that come up there, and I did mention that with family, we t were spending a lot of time together because, you know, where are you going to go? You're not going to go and hang out with other people and stuff like that. The people I'm going to hang out with are the people I'm with all, you know, all the time. So it's just three of us. And uh, since it's us, we've been, uh, you know, my daughter's 13 years old, so we're we're, we're starting to do family meetings and we do things together so we did a family meeting the other day and we just started talking about our expectations about you know her social life how she was going to see her friends you know how long it's going to be you know if she goes out bike riding what, what you know what is she going to do no hugging no you know the, how girls every time they see each other when they're age, you know hugging and kissing don't do that um and uh we, we had that, it worked out, we said how we should talk to each other, if we have anything we need to talk about, we can do. So, uh, today, um, we were, you know, we were bucking the daughter to get her up, so she's not on the phone the whole time trying to get her out, so she's not indoors all the time, talking to her friends on the phone, which is important. The social life is important to a 13-year-old. I understand that, but we also need to get her out, you know, because it changes your attitude if you get out and get a little sun. I know it sucks for you up there in the north and some of these places still snowing up there and it's cold and miserable and stuff like that but like down here we, at least we have that advantage. There may not be a lot of resources for us down here and things to do or places to order from but we do have that. Um, so we, we get her out there and she um, we, we didn't take on a ride today we took her on a, we took our dog for a walk, and while we're on a walk, uh, the daughter says, uh, we need a family meeting. I said, okay. Uh, so we come back, and I don't, uh, if you're a regular listener, you'll know this. Uh, my, uh, my daughter, when we were in Poland this summer, we went to Poland for a wedding, and my family stayed for about 30 days, and I was there for a little over two weeks. And uh, we had a great time over there. But when she came back, she let us know that she was going to be a practicing, uh, I guess a straight out term would be pescatarian. And she only eats fish and vegetables and things like that. She's not eating any meat. And she has adhered to it, like to the T. She, she even stopped eating, and I didn't know this, uh, Parmesan cheese because one of her friends told her that part of the lamb or the goat or anything that makes the cheese, the part of that in the process to make the Parmesan cheese, part of it's an animal product that goes into it, not an animal byproduct, the milk, an animal product from the animal that's not other than milk, actually physical part of the animal. So she stopped eating Parmesan cheese. So we, whenever we use Parmesan, we got, she switched to Asiago or whatever, uh, mozzarella or something like that. So, she sits down with us today and we're having a meeting. She goes, I think we should cut back down on our sugar. And, uh, you know, in our cereals, we should stop getting these salty fried um, uh, snacks. And we're, we're pretty healthy as it was. Uh, 
my wife and I, you know, I'm a spin instructor and funny because I got the bike and stuff like that. I'm trying to maintain, I don't want to come back from, uh, I want to come back in the same or better shape uh, when we get back into things. And, you know, obviously it's good to maintain, I, I digress, it's good to maintain uh, your, uh, your health through physical activity uh, during this. And it, just because you're under quarantine doesn't mean you can't go out or do things in your house, um, do physical activity. When you're in quarantine, it just means you're not mingling with people and you're maintaining that distance. And if you're outside, it's very easy to maintain the six feet. You can maintain 20 feet, whatever. You say hi to people. Uh, it sucks, I guess, if you're, uh, you're, you're hard of hearing and things like that. But then again, you got bones and all that stuff. I, once again, I digress. So she starts talking about the sugar, the thing, and we're just sitting there. We just, boy, this works out really good for us. And this came up with her. Now, since she became the pescatarian, we've been doing a lot more of the um, watching what we eat, a lot of vegetables, um, staying away from, you know, but, you know, since she did that, we also started leaning more on pastas and things like that. And she started uh, noticing that. So she asked us to cut that down. And today we went shopping. I um, got a sale on uh, ribeye, bone-in ribeye. Oh, no, it wasn't ribeye. What was it? Um, teeth? Porterhouse. And I got two porterhouse steaks for Abby and I. Uh, I get to kind of like a last hurrah, but also added two for one on some M&Ms, you know, the caramel and the chocolate peanut ones. And I'm horrible at that thing. And I learned, I'm learning how to bake now. I mean, one of the byproducts of, of being quarantined, I, I'm, I'm a pretty decent cook, but I've been messing around with baking now. And you know, bought extra flour and sugar and butter and stuff like that. And I'm starting to make my own, like, pound cake or cinnamon bread. And, and uh, man, that'll fuck up your body image if you're not careful. So I think what did we do? It's like a negotiation. So we're not buying. We pretty much didn't buy cookies and pies. We're going to stay away from ice cream. We're only going to get ice cream, you know, when we go out. And um, we're going to stay away from you know, chips and things like that. We're going to have to make our own chips out of uh, pita bread or something like that. I'm getting away from bleached uh, flour bread instead of the white bread. And, uh, you know, and I guess I opened that Pandora box by uh, doing the family memes. But thanks a lot, uh, coronavirus. Now I'm on a diet. But you know what? I'm 56 years old, and I guess I could stand to use a couple pounds. So... To cap everything off, we're, uh, I know this was a solo show. I had the opportunity to do a show, but I'm going to be, uh, tomorrow I think I'm going to be doing a show with Steve. Uh, we're going to do it over the phone, um, maintaining of social distancing. Um, I haven't been, uh, maybe I could talk to Joe. Joe would be, uh, and Jenna. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to try to do the responsible thing, and I hope it's entertaining. Uh, there's not a lot of things I could talk about this thing. Obviously, um, there's a big thing I left out there, and I guess maybe I should talk about it. I'll just throw this in the end on uh, uh, listeners. And uh, I am a recovering alcoholic, and 
in December of this year, I decided uh, I had been sober for seven years, and and uh, right before Christmas, I decided to practice sobriety again. And I do that by uh, working a 12-step program, and it works well for me. It's not for everyone, but as a uh, a, a father and a husband and a responsible member of society, I just couldn't keep on doing uh, what I needed to do. I couldn't fulfill my obligation. I wasn't fulfilling my my expectations I had for myself. Uh, I didn't think uh, I was getting things done that I needed to do. I, I believe my behavior was getting bad. I believe I was uh, being irresponsible with my consumption of alcohol. I thought that the, you know when uh, the more I, I use the more careless I get and that, that included uh, even um, uh, driving under the influence sometimes um, though it was definitely not as serious as it was uh, over 20 years ago when I was probably you know, that was the, the young guy drinking thing, but I mean, it's a progressive disease. It is a progressive disease, and if you, you, it's one of those things you cannot judge another person about. You may, it may look like it or anything like that, but try to tell somebody they need to stop drinking, and that's, that's very hard to do. But you know when you need to stop drinking, and I needed to stop drinking, and my life is so much better for it. Uh, I don't expect, I don't, I'm not a prohibitionist. Obviously, I'm not a prohibitionist. I'm a bartender. But I do uh, practice sobriety because it's very important to me to be able to make my own decisions and not have um, my consumption or my need to consume alcohol making decisions for me, making decisions why, like, if right now, if I had to go out, and jump in a car and go someplace, I could just go and do it, not worry about the repercussions. Um, living in the Keys, if you drink on a regular basis and drive, you will eventually get nabbed. You will. I mean, I have, you, you'll get in an accident sometime or anything. Some of the, uh, uh, some very well-known people down here, it happens, um, and it, I've seen it happen in, in Philadelphia. I knew, uh, higher-ranking police officers, stuff like that, get in accidents. Sometimes they're lucky enough to have uh, officers that are, uh, you know, looking out for them, you know, take take care of them and make sure that they don't get in, in trouble for it. But down here, you will be incarcerated, and it is a major inconvenience, and it's a uh, financial, uh, I mean, it's a financial burden to be able to come back from it. And... Uh, forget about the number one thing being putting someone's life in jeopardy someone else's life in jeopardy putting your family's life in jeopardy and putting your life in jeopardy but in that order you know try coming back from hurting someone else so th those are the things that I that came in making my decision for doing that and uh, it is not a, as much as a struggle as I thought it would be. I've done this before, but it's not. And uh, with this pandemic, I can understand that people that uh, you're home alone, 
and there's nothing else to do. And there's no, for some people, there's no breaks. There's no social uh, breaks on there for stopping your consumption. So what are you going to do? You're going to keep on drinking? Just going to drink until you pass out. You're lonely. You can't, you can't hang out with your friends and stuff like that. Some people may, they're just, you know, when you're drinking by yourself, that's when you really have to face it. Uh, I, I'm not trying to tell people what they should or should not do. But if you are trying to be sober, um, it could be very tough during these times to do that. Um, a lot of the places you used to go to, to uh, work uh, your group, whatever it is, the 12-step group or any other group that you go to, um, they could be closing their room. Some of these, a lot of churches suck down and a lot of uh, meetings are held in churches. Or, uh, you know, that they, they lease the rooms from people and they have a strict limit on, you know, the amount of people. And like some of these meetings in the big cities, they used to have hundreds of people go to those. Uh, for now, uh, hopefully, uh, if you do have access, and obviously if you're listening to the podcast, you have access to uh, technology, you have access to online meetings. Um, if, if there's people out there you know that don't have access to the meeting, um, but they do have, you can help them. If there's a way you can help them, get them some kind of device. Get them a Chromebook. Chromebooks only cost you can get a used Chromebook for under 100 bucks and stuff like that. Just get that. You know, if someone needs help, you know, you know, at least talk to them. Um, the, you know, my uh, idea, and uh, there's people that I'm close to, they suggest that when this is all over, there is going to be a big surge, much like you see after um, the end of wars or uh, big uh, social upheavals. There'll be a big influx of people that um, feel they have a major problem. And uh, there are places you can go if you feel, and, and there's always an opportunity to start um, turning your life around. That I am, listen, and I firmly believe there are people, I know a lot of people, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, they, they all, my, my wife, they can have a couple drinks and they're pretty completely fine. They're normal. Uh, I would not try to impose uh, sobriety on people that don't need it. Uh, they are, I mean, I, I couldn't in good uh, conscience provide alcoholic drinks to people if I thought it was evil. Alcohol was in certain times, it's an anesthetic when people had to do uh, operations. It's in a higher uh, alcohol content. It's an antiseptic, you know. So there are a lot of good things. And it's uh, for some people, it's a social lubricant. At the end of the day, someone wants to have two glasses of wine. It's good, you know, a red wine is good for your heart. Some of us can't do that. Just like peanuts. Peanuts are great. Think of it this way. Peanuts are a great source of protein. But some people have peanut allergies and they can't eat them. It doesn't make peanuts bad. Same thing for strawberries. 
some people and some people who have diverticulitis or something like that they just react badly to it not every substance is made for every person so and some of the best things in the world can be abused you can drink too much water and flush out all your electrolytes and die you know, too much water will kill you so all I'm saying at the end of the day if you really need to do anything about this um, I'm willing to help but there's also you look in the front of the phone book there's a group that will be able to help you who fuck uses a phone book anymore anyway you can always google it or whatever search engine you use I don't know how that lexicon got in there and why I just threw that in there but I know it's ironic I'm the keys bartender I'm telling you if you have a problem maybe you can look into it and uh, I may lose listeners for it from uh, from that but uh, I really I really don't uh, care for lose listeners uh, tell them that because I know there's people that are desperate out there and they're going to be desperate during these uh, times it's going to keep people uh, hurt and lonely uh, you're going to it's going to uh, there's going to be a lot of um, relationships going to break up during this time people realize that they don't really um, know the person they live with this is not I'm not just talking about alcohol right now I'm talking about spending all this time alone but uh there could be a lot of good stuff to come at it. There could be, uh, besides things sobriety, there could be people growing closer, learning things about themselves. There could be a lot of people that, uh, you know, they decide to make a career change. And they may decide to take a new direction with their life. Who knows? You know, when you're faced by it. Um, this is not exactly maybe as cathartic as World War II or anything like that. You know, but... Uh, there's a you know everyone's in it and we're going to be able to see uh, empathize with what people go through and what they went through and it's going to be a shared experience people have and when people have shared experiences they're easier to uh, relate to each other I mean if you can actually see somebody who uh, who who went without food or so if you've not had a house uh, we, you know, you've been homeless, or you lost a a, a a child, anything like that. People, they they belong, they they start feeling empathizing with each other, and it makes people be, um, by extension, uh, more kind to each other. So I think that's going to be like one of the benefits we have right here. So for now, this is going to be a little shorter show. Um, this is um, one of my live shows. I'm going to try to. I'm going to do almost all live shows from now on uh, until the end of this uh, thing. Hopefully, I'll be able to do two or three. I I realize a lot of these people. You don't you don't need to listen to me all the time. You there's a lot of other things you do. If you if you want to find you can learn something new. You can learn uh, there's a lot of things you can do online. You can learn a new skill. You can uh, educate yourself. Become uh, you can be one of those people that uh, take medical notes, transcribe notes. Uh, you can learn a musical interest instrument. Like I said, you come sober. Um, you could look into online college programs. There's free uh, free courses online to see if 
what you might like and what you might not like. Uh, there's all sorts of things, and there's nothing like uh, uh, a little uh, a rest period for you to know that. So for now, this is Jim McKee's bartender. I'm going to try to come back to you tomorrow. I'm pretty sure I'm going to come back to you tomorrow and do a live show. Try to do it at, uh, I think we're going to do it at 7 o'clock. I'd like to thank anyone that's listening, and uh, take care, God bless, and stay healthy. Bye.